0: Welcome to the next edition of Morgan the For podcast. This is a different one with the Hawkeyes starting this week. Uh, we will have a weekly um, show on the Hawkeyes. Everybody knows I'm not a Hawkeye fan, but I do believe being in Iowa and doing a podcast, we do need to have a Hawkeye show. And so I'm going to bring in, uh, I'm going to call him uh, the Hawkeye expert, uh, TJ Tassel, a friend of mine. We coached together in Eddieville when we both talked there and then he's moved on and he has moved up to Carroll and is coaching and teaching currently in Audubon and, and raising his kids there and everything uh, while we're still here in Southeast Iowa. So, you know, good friend. Uh, we have mutual friends from back in Southwest Iowa roots for both of us. Um, good friend of mine, and he will be our Hawkeye insider uh, throughout the football in the basketball season is the plan. So first, uh, just welcome to, uh, TJ here, uh, to the podcast you've been on before, uh, a couple times, uh, with the Mr. Basketball. And then I think the much madness, uh, ones, uh, but welcome back to Morgan asked for podcast. Thanks for having me, Mark. All right. Uh, we'll just kind of get right to it here. Um, you know, the biggest thing is and we actually just were talking about it before we went on here. Um, we did not know if this was going to happen this year. In fact, for a long time, we did not think uh, the Big Ten was going to play. Uh, but you know, as a Hawkeye fan, what did you think of all the flip-flopping the Big Ten did throughout the summer and early fall? You know, they were going to play. They actually even released a schedule, and then about five days later, they canceled. And then they came back back and said, "Absolutely not! They weren't coming back." Uh, but then they saw everybody else playing and then they decided to come back and and decide to play starting this week. Uh, What were your feelings and reactions during that time as an Iowa and then obviously a big 10 football fan? Well, you know, I just, uh, every year, there's about two times in the year
1: that really get me going besides my own personal golf season. And that's college football and, you know, college basketball and obviously March madness with that. But, uh, And and it was very depressing to hear that they were not going to play. And I know a lot of people were upset about it. Um, We always can go back and say, just play without the fans. Obviously, it's not the same, but we got to do something and let them play. And if other conferences are doing it, um, I mean, if there's a real threat to – you know, injuries or not injuries, but sickness and those things. And obviously you don't play that week or, you know, you, you cancel it after you get going. Um, the kids, the college kids wanted to play. That's their choice. If they decide not to um, coaches, the same thing, they could make that pull that decision, I guess. And the uh, individual schools, athletic directors sound like all along, you know, the Hawkeyes, their president, um, and uh, or maybe not the president, but the ads and the and the coaches from the Big Ten—they all kind of wanted to play. And like I said, it was just a back and forth deal. And it's it's I don't know. I I can't use the similarity that I want to because I could probably get beat up walking down the street. But it's, it's back and forth. It just hurts, and and everybody getting pulled one way and then you get all fired up for it and you know the kids are I'm sure still lifting through the summer and the spring and and wanting to get going with things and you know it's going to be a whole different ball game because some of the lifting and those things they they did might they might not have been able to do as much as they would have in the past either so some teams will be hurt from that a little bit too.
0: Absolutely and then you know kind of one of the biggest things that you know of Ohio State was big in playing. Nebraska wanted to play and Iowa wanted to play. And then, you know, Minnesota didn't want to. Uh, Rutgers didn't want to. And that's hard because the Big Ten goes across all, you know, political landscapes. Mm-hmm. And what's happening in, you know, New Jersey is a lot different than what's happening in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. And so it's just real hard to justify one team – you know, controlling what happens in another state or another city or another university. And I think that's even a a big thing with fans, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska is different than Minneapolis, Minnesota, you know, on, on having fans. And, you know, I understand the competitive fairness that the big 10 did with no fans throughout. Um, but it's just something I wonder if, as we get through it a few weeks, um, you know, much like what happened at Iowa State, you know, they said they were going to have fans, and holy hell happened. And so they didn't, but then the last game, you know, obviously they did have the 15,000 fans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know you're know, you not going to have 75,000 or 100,000 people in, but I think you can uh, get some fans in there, and that would be great to see because college football is all about pageantry and, you know, just the history and just being there and enjoying your uh, college uh, towns and, and celebrating the college and universities and the athletes.
1: True. And, and and that goes just like I talked about with the players and the coaches making their own decision on things like that. I think it's a fan and, you know, hey, um, you know, I, I was uh, it's my decision if I want to put myself in that situation. Um, I may be looked at as a bad parent if I take my kid, but it's also up to me and my spouse or my whatever and, um, my kids, you know, and, and not everybody takes their kid to every game anyway, but I'm just saying it should be a little bit, our decision, you know, and this is not even sports related. You've got people in nursing homes that they say, I'd rather die from COVID than die of loneliness, you know, and, and you can't just stop your whole life in fear, I guess is the way I look at it. Um, and, and this is something to take people's minds off of it. Um, I don't know that it's really affected me um, mentally from things, but th- they say that some people are depressed just because of the way things are. And this is something to get them back to normal. And so I think that at least playing without fans is one thing. And, and may, like you said, maybe down the road, they add 15,000 or a percentage of fans or something along those lines. And I think, like you said, Ohio State has a big, big say in things in the Big Ten. Um, One thing that I was confused by, and being a Big Ten fan slash big-time Hawkeye fan, um, I was confused as to how Ohio State is still ranked. They haven't even played a game, and everybody else has. You know, I I don't know if that's right, in my opinion. But, I mean, as a Big Ten fan, you like to see them in there, but at least make them play a game to – Earn a spot, you know. And they maybe they would start at tenth in the nation after that one game, but you know, that's just something that I thought was kind of weird that they're still like what top six or something in the nation and they haven't even played a game.
0: Yeah, they were they were in it for a while and then they were out for a while, but then I think they did put them all back in right uh, before this week's game. So that's been kind of weird. Um, now let's kind of get back to the season at hand here. Eight games, no bye weeks and then there's super strict, you know, COVID restrictions, 21 days for a player if they get it. Um, do you think that eight games will be played by the Hawkeyes? And, you know, they just give themselves no wiggle room with starting this late. And what happens if there's only – if, let's say, Ohio State finishes the season 6-0, and oh, um, do they have a argument to get into the playoff if only having six games compared to – you know, 8, 9, 10 games for other conferences. Well, and it,
1: it's going to come into a little bit of play. Is, did they beat Indiana or did they beat Penn State? Did they, you know, lose to Penn State but beat Michigan and, and or beat Iowa twice or, you know, depending on what game, you know, because um, they possibly, if Iowa would win theirs and, and Ohio State they would, could play in the championship, yep. you know, and and I think that eight games is a good possibility just because they have such big rosters but it's gonna really come down to possibly those guys that are not redshirted getting in before they're maybe wanting them to be in coaches wise wanting them to be in and how prepared are they for it and you know that's where it could come down to ohio state and their five stars versus iowa's three stars and that's going to be a big time factor the first year you know i mean i think iowa can compete with them when they're juniors and seniors but when they're freshmen that could be a whole new new ball game
0: yeah absolutely all right now let's get to a little bit of our our season projections here um give me your top two teams in the big 10 west uh and what you think they would be
1: well for sure in the last five years it's It's in my, I mean, personally, a little bit too, is Iowa and Wisconsin. Um, You know, I think Nebraska could make some noise this year, but they have the toughest schedule, it sounds like. And I don't see them getting out of that first week very luckily with playing Ohio State. But it being the quarterback's third year starting and their coach, you know, um, and he's got a little pressure on him too. Um, maybe they could make some noise. But I really do think Wisconsin's always going to be a tough one and at the top, and I think Iowa just has proven it for at least the last 10, 15 years that they're at least a top three team on that. And I know it wasn't always East-West, but always in, in the top five of the Big Ten. And, you know, so I think it's going to be Wisconsin-Iowa. they got to be my top one and two um, again this year for the West.
0: All right, and for the East, the top two. Well, you
1: can't take out Ohio State ever, um, and I think Penn State would be my other one,
0: just because they're
1: they've been there traditionally and they've still been there. Um, Michigan has w- had a little bit of a letdown last year. I thought Michigan State, you know, only won I think um, eight or nine games the last couple of years. Um, Indiana could make some noise, but I don't see them being a competitor for the top. So I'd say Ohio State and Penn State for the East.
0: I would agree with those as well. I think Minnesota might have something to say and the yep. West would be my only other uh, team that I would talk about. A little yeah, I bit. meant to say that. Uh, but overall, uh, but overall, I, I agree with your uh, predictions there. Um, and now, you know, kind of the subject that isn't great to talk about or anything, but we have to be in a, a kind of a Hawkeye podcast here. And, you know, talking about the summer, all the social just justice issues and, you know, the perceived uh, racism or, You know, the way uh, treating of uh, the black players in the Hawkeye football program, you know, I'm an outsider looking in, you know, it kind of came down to they, I think Iowa felt it was really just one guy. And so, you know, and Chris Doyle is gone now and stuff. And, you know, unfortunately, this was just brought back up this week uh, with the lawsuit coming out or the demands that were made, the $20 million and firing the Ferences and Barta. Um, So it's not going away. And and that's sad because you don't, you know, you don't want it to affect the players now and stuff like that. And Iowa has said they've made changes and are doing the right things. And I truly believe they're doing the best they can. Um, But as a Hawkeye fan and been, you know, a lifelong Hawkeye fan for you, how has that made you feel? And, you know, what can be done uh, to make things better in the Hawkeye football program in that state
1: well like you said i think they're doing the things they need to um I, coach france i've always thought is a class act um i don't think that he has ever been to what those you know these uh allegations are um, i think that it was hard for me to to choke down the doyle leaving you know he's been a he's been probably one of the top for sure top 5 you know, um, player developers in the weight room. And, and I just, it was hard to, he's gonna be a tough one to replace. Hopefully he's got some guys under him that have learned a lot, so they don't lose too much. And, and, uh, but if he was doing things wrong, then obviously that was the right choice for Iowa to make. And, you know, again, it comes down to, there was so many that even said that, yeah, he was hard on us, but look at what he got us and look at where he got me too. you know, how many guys got a pro career or at least got to start a pro career, maybe only lasted a year or two um, or just on the sidelines for a couple of years and then got out. Um, How many, you know, look at, I can't think of his name right offhand because I know him, but he's real one of the best athletes at the combine for his size um, last year. Uh, You probably remember the name better than me. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at it's him. I mean, yeah. he was a freak, but I mean, you know he was athletic already, but what Doyle did with him and, and the coaching staff, maybe not just Doyle, but you know, and, and so, um, you know, how many of them were just disgruntled for other things and, and there might be piggybacking too. And you never know. and And nobody will know what really went on inside there. Um, besides the people involved and it's, it's a lot of he said, she said, somewhat, but I just think that um, I was going about it the right way, and I saw something where um, the it was either president or athletic director wrote that we are not going to compensate players who felt that they were um, mistreated, and we're not going to fire the Ferrances. We've made our decision. We've made changes, and I think they have made the right changes. Um, and fans, again, I've always felt as a stand-up guy and i think he was was very very sincere in what he said and what he did and meant and 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 the changes that he's making you know um i think he's trying to be more what do you call it 21st century or whatever with with his players because he, as years go by he has he's been doing it for the longest you know he's got to make some changes he can't be the hard i'll say hard butt that he maybe was in the beginning. And he's had, to, you know, just like you and I with teaching kids, you can't be that same teacher you were your first two years or back when you were in school, you can't do the things that your teachers did. And you got to change with the times a little bit. And I think that's what I was just having to do, make some changes.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's really the biggest thing. You look, you know, those same things happen everywhere. But, you know, that strength coach, you know, If I felt I was wronged in 2008, there's not very many colleges. That strength coach coach is still at that school with that head coach. So there's really no point in doing anything. Um, And this is where the, you know, being there for 20 years has actually came back to hurt the Hawkeyes. And and that's too bad because that has been a great bonus and just a great tenure for him. Um, But unfortunately, this situation, it came kind of back to haunt him. You know, especially with this new lawsuit and everything that's coming out. I think the Hawkeyes are going to have to end up writing a check to some of these guys because I don't think they wanted to go to court because then you are going to have to come out and, you know, did Brian parents say some things? Did Coach Doyle say some things? And if that goes to court, it's going to have to come out. Right. You know, now I don't know if the players really want to do that, too, because there's going to be things that they're not proud of either. Right. We've all said and done things we're not proud of and if this gets goes actually into the court of law it's all going to come mm-hmm. out and i think everybody involved would rather that Correct not
1: and, and and that's a shame because you know i guarantee you one lawsuit like this how many more are going to stem from that you know and and yeah. and they might not even be as bad of a situation or maybe there are worse situations that way well, hey maybe we should have said something and again i don't think i don't i don't think the lawsuit suit should happen I don't think, but again, if they were treated unfairly, then I mean, or in, in the ways they're saying, but like you said, both sides are going to have things come out that neither side
0: wants to come out possibly. So. It, All right. Now let's get on to, to better issues yep. and stuff. We have a Hawkeye football game Saturday afternoon at two thirty against Purdue. Yep. Um, just kind of some uh, stories here. Obviously the Hawkeyes are replacing uh, Nate Stanley. Spencer Petrus will be uh, the starting quarterback. Um, you know, uh, Purdue's uh, number one player, Rondell Moore, opted out to originally, but he is back in, you know, and their head coach has COVID and will not be at the game. And actually, I heard even tonight on the news, he's not even the only coach that's going to be out, and there's five or six players that are going to be out. And I did not hear names of anybody else, but uh, so they're um, Purdue's going to be a little shorthanded on Saturday. Um, and his brother uh, will be the head coach acting head coach uh, on Saturday. So those are kind of the storylines uh, kind of talk about each one of them and then maybe come up with a couple of your own and go ahead and make your prediction. Yeah. On the game. Well,
1: you know, with the coaching staff, that's, that's a big loss. You know, you want your, you, as a, the opposing team, you want to play the team at their best and with all their people and beat them at their best. You know, you don't want to have them say, well, if we would have had such and such and, and, and I don't know that that happens so much, um, you know, it, maybe on that stage. But like Purdue, I can guarantee you they, they would like to have everybody there. And, and, you know, it would be give us their best shot. And, you know, I think that it's unfortunate, but it goes back to what we talked about with the eight games straight through. And, and you got a next guy in. And, that, and it goes for the coaching staff, too. And, uh, you know, there are players that are missing you know, hopefully they can get back in and get some games in. And, you know, even, you know, I don't, I don't know those players also, but I just, I think it's one of those things where it's a weird year. Last year we said the same thing towards the end of the school year. It's just a weird year. And now it's even, it's like we're in the twilight zone a little bit here and and people walk around with masks and all these things. And so, you know, it's, it's gotta be that next guy in mentality. And and any given week, you gotta be ready to play as a player and, you, and you, if you're a young guy, this is your best chance. Hey, maybe I'll get a chance to play my freshman year at Purdue University. And, and that's an opportunity that not everybody always gets. So maybe they'll play better because that guy, he's excited to play, and he's going out there with nothing to lose, you know. And I've been in that position before, and you just go out to prove yourself and say, hey, I should have been playing ahead of this guy anyway, you know. So maybe they'll be better. You just never know in that situation um as uh coming back to the uh, petras you know i'm excited to see what he can do um we've had some good success and some you know stanley around for a couple years there was it was nice to not have to worry about that position um you know i've always kind of not always but especially as of late when i was having good games it was like get him in get him some time and we never did or we would you know, play that Iowa, you know, um, bump and grind where we let teams hang around a little bit. So we had to keep Stanley in. And I was, I want to get this guy in there, get him, get him whole second half here and there if we could, because I wanted to get him some more time, you know. But the, the good things I've heard, and I said this last year as Stanley was getting done with his college career there, um, Stanley made the comment that Petrus knew the playbook better than he does. And, he's has confidence in him and he's ready to see what he could do also, you know? Um, but the kid still has to go on the, on the field and prove it between the lines or on the field there. So, you know, if he can, if he can do, you know, do the job again, it's going to be his first game and, and it's not going out there playing Miami of Ohio It's playing Purdue university, a big 10 school, you know, and I could joke with you and say we're not playing Iowa state first week, but you know, I just, and, uh, but it's it's going to be a little there're going to be some mistakes i think on both sides of the ball and hopefully you know it's a good game and and i really i really think we're going to come out on top as the hawkeyes that is and uh i don't know I, I i predict about a 21-7 you know 28-14 game is my prediction iowa on top i don't know full sport all
0: right so what what's your what's your official prediction you, have, you i'll have, you go 24 on
1: 10 Yep, kind of in the middle of what all right. said, so.
0: Yep. So, no, that sounds good. Um, you know, what, what What? do you think of uh, the Hawkeye defense? Uh,
1: it's always there. Um, back, the, the uh, cornerbacks are always the thing I'm worried about. Linebackers, it seems like we replace them, but this year we got to replace, you know, it seems like more at once. Um, our line is usually solid. Um, but, again, it always comes down to I've always said I know, the, I know the, uh, the way to beat Iowa football is to beat them with short pass, just short pass them to death because they're going to give you that five to ten yard out. And then if you can get inside the, the ten-yard line and you can put it in the end zone, you got a chance to beat them. But when they get in the end zone, that's when it's tough because then they only got ten yards or whatever, you know. Um, and that's where I think defensive backs, not that they're not good, it's just we play that bend, don't break, and, and then we got to put some points on. and But I, th- I think our defense is usually one of our solids. And, you know, I, I think that's a tribute to the Big Ten. There's always been some good defense anyway and, uh, and our coaching staff. But I think they'll be ready. Uh, again, there's going to be some mistakes both sides of the ball and hopefully don't give up the big play too much, and, and especially early on in the season. You know, you play Ohio State, there's going to be a big play once a game, it seems like. But I'm not too worried about defense.
0: Nope. No, yeah, I would agree. You know, Coach Parker's been there a long, long time, and, and he knows what he's doing, and they're going to play that same, you know, that same zone defense and all the time, and you know what you're going to get. And, just, and that's you where you I think them. Northwestern has so. has had our
1: number in the past, because I think he knows that's how we beat it. You get them a couple of runs here and there and you short pass them. And then every once in a while, you they'll bite on that short pass and you can get one over the top or whatever. But I just – that's, I think, the recipe to beat Iowa. But you got you to gotta go through and, and uh, cook it, I guess, so to
0: say. All right. That sounds good. So we got your prediction there. Anything else you want to add uh, at the end of this podcast here? No, I just – I
1: think it will be a good – good thing for the economy. I think it's a good thing for the, you know, the United States, obviously to have something to watch, whether it be Iowa, Iowa state, you know, Nebraska, um, it's, it's, it's college football to me is, is, is more exciting to watch. And, and I really just think it's a good thing for everybody to have that back. And, and I'm ready to watch some of it myself, maybe listen on the radio while we're golfing a little bit too. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just excited for it.
0: And, Go Hawks. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank PJ, you. And we'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Morgan. You asked for podcast. If you like what you hear, click the like button or hit subscribe. If you want to hear more episodes from Morgan, you asked for podcast. Also, if you would like to comment or with any show ideas or anything, please contact me at Morgan. the asked for podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at RyanMorgan34.